0: I'm Katherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Katherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author Mike Murray. His new book is Living in Color, a love story in sickness and health. Great love stories inspire us to seek passion in our own lives, to get in touch with our deepest core emotions, and make the world a little bit better place. Author and philanthropist Mike Murphy was only six months into his unexpected love affair with his second wife, Margot when he discovered a lump in her breast. For the next nine years, she fought her cancer armed with a fierce love for life. This is a love story like no other, and one in which the love keeps coming long after his wife's passing through a special foundation set up to provide low-income women with advanced cancer with the resources they need for their healing and recovery. He is the founder of the Love from Margaret Margot Foundation and a Wall Street Journal best-selling author. Welcome to the show, Mike. Nice to have you here. Thank you, Kathleen. Great to be here. Well, I guess you're not really here. You said you were in Medellin in (laughs) Colombia. I was in Colombia for six months in the Peace Corps many, many years ago, so I do know Medellin. Oh. Yeah. Uh, It's gone through a lot of changes, but okay. So we're going to be talking about living in color. I read your book. I cried. (laughs) I I have to say (laughs) it was a really, well, I have already recommended it to a couple of my friends who are actually going through the same um, experience that you and Margot went through. So um, I think it'll be really helpful to a lot of people. I think it's really in, in terms of the, you're you're honest about your relationship and how that impacted how you cared for each other. So, uh, can we sort of? I sort of started from the beginning in, in the intro. You discovered a lump in Margot's breast, right?
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, in two thousand and two, and two thousand and two. And it was a it was it was the size of a ping pong ball and as hard as a golf ball and, you know, she was only 28 or 29 at the time, and so, you know, normal, You know we didn't think it was a big deal. She procrastinated a little bit. Uh, finally, we go to the doctor. She has, she has an x-ray, and he goes, oh, you better go get this exam. And we go to her doctor. He goes, I'm going to put a needle in there. Fluid's going to come out. That means it's benign, and no problem. Puts a, puts a needle in, no fluid, <laughs> and he goes, well, uh, we'd better do a biopsy. I'm going on vacation for three weeks, so we'll do one when I get back. So she she freaked out. She called her parents. Her dad with uh, brothers, a surgeon in Dallas, got us into the head of oncology at Stanford, and, and the and there it all started right there.
0: So what happened? I mean, you two, uh, you know, you had just really just met. I mean, you're talking about two years into yeah. your relationship. Yeah. Was there a yeah. feeling? I mean, that's pretty scary stuff, and I, I, was it? Did you feel like you (laughs) you wanted to flee? I mean, I was thinking when I was reading, I'm thinking, I don't know if I could have done that. I might have left. I might have said, well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: It's worse than that because, you know, the, the day she walked into my office, she'd been married two months. To, she, she's worked uh, for Telemundo Hispanic Advertising and Television, and I was a car dealer. And married my first wife twice. I got four kids. I make a lot of money. I live in a $4 million house. I teach Bible study at the church. I coach literally. I mean, I'm the citizen of all citizens. I'm the last guy ever to get divorced. I guarantee it. But the moment she walked in, there was a connection energetically the moment our eyes met. It was beyond anything I'd ever experienced up to that point in my life. And the same for her, although we didn't talk about it for seven months. So for seven months, because she's not, she's the last person getting divorced, I'm the last person getting get divorced. So seven months we worked together and we fell madly in love. And, and, you know, and then one day we compared notes and then we had a, Brief three week affair, and the worst thing we did was when we separated, we lied didn't tell the truth, we probably could have saved everybody a lot of grief um and but we start this relationship and then um and we lied, so we start in july and in December, her husband finds out about it in February, my wife finds out about it in March, I find that, a stage three tumor in her breast, and my personal doctor says, mike she's not gonna She's not going to get by this. So, so I'm torn between, you know, a family, four kids, a, a woman I've been with since high school, uh, a career, a reputation, all of that stuff. And, and, and now here's, I'm with this person, and I, I went through such a dilemma, I'll never forget as long as I live. I'm standing back in my, in my backyard, the edge pool, looking over the valley, and I go, if I leave her and she dies, can I live with it myself? And the answer was no, and so that's when, even though it's, it, the decision was made, it still took a while to untangle everything and, and make it. We didn't get married till 2006, so um, yeah, it was not easy. Believe me, uh,
0: it's not easy. Your wife and you find out, obviously, it's it has. She's battling metastatic breast cancer, and she did that for yep. ten years, which is actually a long time, isn't it? Very often, the diagnosis, yep. people don't, women don't usually live that exactly. long. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So let's talk about uh, you know after the diagnosis and after you decided or you asked yourself that question. I'm going to stay. We're going to be in this together. Um, As you said, Mm -hmm. you were lying to your family and in the book, the kids, your kids, your children, they were angry and mad, and that all changed during this whole process. Yeah. 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 So uh, one of the things that uh, in reading your book and reading. Other people's experiences too is your whole life becomes the cancer, does it? Or how do you make it so that it doesn't, so you aren't the cancer couple?
1: Yeah, you know, that's very interesting. And I would suggest anybody that gets this diagnosis, don't even talk about having cancer, okay?
0: You have an issue
1: and you're going to fix it, okay? Because cancer is such a powerful word for the subconscious, the cells, everything. So energetically, it's a very powerful word. So we, we tried all of that. And and so you know, we we start off on you know traditional medicine. We didn't have a clue. Uh, then we would leave there. We try alternative. We'd, we we you know, I and mean, nine years is a long time. So we did a lot of investigation. Uh, we tried a lot of different things. You know, my biggest regret is every, and then if if I knew everything I knew now, okay, she wouldn't have died, and or or, or perhaps other would, would have worked better. You know, so the the survivor, the one left behind, always goes through that that. Guilt and regret, and my my advice when I when I gave her a memorial service, I told the people in the church, I said, hey, you know, you know, one of you's going to be left behind, one of you go, and that's going to hurt. That's called grief, and yeah, that's normal. But when you couple grief with regret and guilt, I mean, it's it's tough, man. So so you know, and I said I could have looked in her eyes deeper, I could have held her hand more often, I could have told her I love her more. I mean, a lot of stuffs going on, right? But in, in hindsight, now ten years later. I mean, that's why I wrote the book, and 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 you know, to honor her. But more importantly, to share with people. I mean, I don't know if you got this takeaway from the book. So for me, she was the most inspirational, inspiring people because you know why? Facing death every day, she never once asked why me, never asked, never complained. Just, um, um, took a pencil, a Mac pencil, and drew her eye li- or eyebrows on every morning for you know nine years, and and more importantly. When she, you know, November 29, 2010, the opening scene of the book, the doctor says, Margo, unfortunately, it spreads to the lining of your brain. If you do nothing, you have six weeks to live. If you treat it, you have six months. And, and the book is focused on those six months with flashbacks into our, our love story. But, I mean, she just, and so every day she fought like you can't believe to live. And every night we worked really hard to prepare her to take that last breath. Can you imagine? And so, and when she did take that last breath because of all that work that she put in there, all the cleaning up of everything, you know, when she took that last, I'm going to tell you, that her last night and, 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 you know, the morning was very brief, but the last night, I mean, she was full of love, acceptance, at peace, and she, she's a very profound woman. And, and, you know, I don't know if you have read the last part I wrote. It's not a chapter in it, just as in closing. But the, the 10 years that she's been gone, that the mystical experiences that I, I've had have been profound. So it's forever changed my life. And, and I, I heard you say that you cried when you read the book, but I, I have a feeling you probably laughed in a few places as well.
0: well <laughs> laugh and cry. It was just a lot of emotion. I think that's, it wasn't just <laughs> laughing and crying. I think even there were more subtle emotions. One of the things that really stood out was that passion you had for each other. And it, doesn't, it didn't always yeah. mean, you know, Great emotional connection or great sex, but it could be also you could sure, be fighting right. with each other too because there was so much energy between the two of you. That yep. really, to me anyway. But then there was one other thing yeah. I wanted to ask you about because at the end, you know, you just mentioned it six months, six weeks, she had a choice. And yeah. that you, if, I think you did say, you know, maybe I was it I who wanted the six months and maybe she didn't. And I should have, because she was in a lot of pain and tortured. Well, it, yeah. I use that word because I had a friend in a similar situation and always felt like she got kind of tortured at the end and maybe she should have done the six <laughs> weeks instead of the six months. So that's a big question. Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Let, let me ask, cause that's a great catch, a great observation, Catherine, and a great question. So I'm going to say two things. One, I have never, and that's the reason the book is called living. Club. I have never met a person that loved life as much as my, Mar- I mean, I, if I miss one thing, I mean, she would make just going to the supermarket fun and exciting. Okay, I mean, our, I mean, what, I mean, everything to her was a, an exciting adventure, right? And, and 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 the way she would, her passion for life and her passion for people and her passion for travel and experience. I mean, forever changed. Not only changed my life, changed my children's life, you know, and changed many many other people's lives. And now through our foundation is. Touching hundreds of people's lives. So, and the other thing is, for me, is we never talked about the six months. We never, we just, I mean, we just both, listened. we never even had a conversation about it. We just went into full bore, you know, save your life mode. Uh, but for me, and there was a ton, a ton of suffering. But I got to tell you something. I am so grateful to, for, to her for every single day she fought, because for every single day, that she was in body, in the physical world. It was a blessing. And, you know, the interesting thing, you know, I'm sure people that have gone through what I've gone through would agree, to, you always think you have one more day until you don't. And then, boom, and you would think you would be prepared, and you're not even close to prepared. So, so that was another interesting dynamic for me.
0: It's also, you talk about the medical community. Yes, I mean, they're great. They do all they can. But how you kind of have to navigate the system yourself, too. And yeah. it, there's not yeah. a, always yeah. a, a definitive yes or no answer. There are lots of choices yeah. that yeah. you have to make. And I think sometimes people yeah. in this situation, you know, they want the tell me, doctor, what should I do? But there really isn't always yeah. that kind of a choice. So, yeah, talk to us about that because yeah. I know a lot of people yeah. in, in those situations. Yeah. I, I,
1: I, I, again, another uh, Great question, and and let me say that uh, that I always tell people. I said, listen, okay, if if you are unfortunate enough to hear those words, and it always I love doctors. Everything is unfortunate, but unfortunately, you have cancer. If you hear those words, don't please don't panic, okay? Because immediately, you know, I'm a car dealer, right? When you (laughs) if you bring us your car. And you get service. Our guys are trained to find something wrong so we can sell you something, right? And, and doctors, and the, you know, that's a business too. Just remember that, okay? It's more business than you realize. And so take a deep breath. Don't panic. Relax. Research. You know, uh, get another opinion. And don't let anybody rush you anything that doesn't feel right in your heart or your gut, okay? In the mind, I guarantee you're going to be scared to death, okay? In the mind, you're scared to death, but that doesn't mean anything. Go into your heart, go into your gut, say, okay, how does this feel? And, and, and take a deep breath, because believe me, okay, you're not going to die the next day of cancer. Okay, cancer is a very, I, 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 you know, the, the big question that I want to ask somebody is, is what kills you faster, cancer or the cancer treatment? You know, because, of course, I've seen, the, and by the way, when I'm speaking here, I'm speaking as someone that went through this nine years with his wife, um, a couple of years with my mother, a few years with my father, but through our foundation, I've sat face-to-face with over 100 women, 150 women facing the same situation, so, and, I, and I follow them, and I track them, so, so I have a lot of experience as far as observation, and my observation is, you know, well, just be careful, be smart research, and more importantly, do everything you can to strengthen your immune system. It sounded to me like uh, your previous guest, you guys might have been talking about the pandemic, and it's all about strengthening that immune system, ladies and gentlemen. You're more powerful than, 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 than you believe, and your immune system is designed to keep you healthy. But if we eat a bunch of garbage and we think of a lousy bunch of lousy thoughts and we have a bunch of lousy feelings, we, we're going to weaken that immune system because it's made up of 50 trillion individual living conscious cells and and we and they, they hear everything we say and think. They feel everything we feel and they're there to serve us. But but we got to give them the right direction, the right intention.
0: So what do you do when you are exhausted and you talk about your <laughs> immune system is compromised and you're yeah. supposed to be, suppo- you know, I hear what you're saying and you're supposed to be, as you say, you know, um, take your time, do your research yeah. and you're doing it in the context of Really not feeling very well, uh, and then maybe that's an understatement. And wanting yeah. to give up, and it's Well, why am I yeah. doing this? Um, yeah. W- yeah. yeah. What do you do then, or how I, do you- I get
1: it. I mean, it? I mean, let me. One one observation I had, like I said, I've worked with 150 women, and you know, and Margo is someone like this. Too. I mean, one cancer patients, they don't. They think they're a burden to people. They don't want to be a burden. I mean, give me a break, ladies and gentlemen. You you know, people want to serve you and love you. So let them. Okay. And if you don't have emotional support, then reach out and find some. You can go to loveformargo dot org and send me an email, and I'll find you some emotional support. But don't see I, nothing would break me. You know, I was in Oakland, California, doing this. You know, mostly minority women. Very seldom did they have good emotional support. And mostly, most times there wasn't even a husband around, and a lot of these poor women were raising their grandkids because their daughters on drugs. I mean, so it, that was a huge disaster. Now, then I go down to. Uh, Coachella Valley near Palm Springs and do it. Now I'm working with um, Mexican women that are here illegally and they come here to pick our produce and clean our hotel rooms. They're exposed to 151 known chemicals cause breast cancer. So they get diagnosed. The great state of California gives them 18 months of insurance for that. And what's the first thing they do? Cut off one or two breasts. Next thing they do, put a hole in the chest and fill with chemo every week. Last thing they do is put them on a $5 million general electric machine and radiate the heck out of them. And then they say, well, you know, your 18 months is over. We've ruined your immune system. Hopefully, we've shrunk a few tumors or cut them out, and good luck. And you talk about, I can't, you wouldn't believe if I started telling individual stories of what I see, saw and heard and felt. It, it's, it's, it's out of control.
0: And it continues, I'm assuming. I, I'm...
1: What? I beg your pardon?
0: I said, and it continues. It's the it it. What are what are we doing? I yeah. guess is what I'm asking. You know, yeah. in terms of society. Yeah. I mean, these this is the what kind we, of treatment that we're doing? getting as women. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and so that's my point. You know, and and first of all, before you get cancer, please start researching how to strengthen your immune system, and you never have to worry about it. You know. But and here's the thing, Catherine, You know and this is why we're building what we're building here in Columbia, because the world is so toxic, okay? I'm a very healthy person. You know, I have three heavy metals that are 300% above normal, okay? Because it's in the air, it's in the food, it's in the water, okay? so So no matter what we do, so that's why I really... Encourage people to do juice detoxes or water fast or, or something, okay? And, and so because it's everywhere, and now we don't even use real food in America. It's all GMO, and therefore they spray it with poison called glyphosate, which used to be called Roundup, which goes into our gut, kills all our good bile um, in our gut, and, and then we don't get the good nutrition, and our immune system goes down and we get sick. And that's just it's that simple. So we've got to take care of ourselves.
0: Well, we have to. T- as well, what you're saying is, we have to take care of ourselves, but then we also have to take care of our environment, don't we? That puts us in the whole political oh. realm. We should be doing stuff as well, which yeah. I, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely, yeah. but I
1: got. But I'll be honest with you, it, it is so big now. It is so out of control. I mean, honestly, you know, if you ask me my opinion, I think whatever's going on in the world right now, and I know it's scary for people, and that's why I really encourage you to read this book because you, you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of courage by reading this book. And But you, whatever's going on, I think we're going to have, I, you know... All these systems are going to start to collapse, I believe, and I believe that there's a new energy of consciousness and, and love and service, and, and people are looking around saying, "Well, wait a minute, this makes absolutely no sense. Why are we doing this?" Now, it took a long way to get, long time to get broken, you know, many, many centuries, perhaps, or at least I'm 64. I grew up in an America, and believe me, what I've seen from you know uh, in the last 50 years is just mind blowing, and how fast it's deteriorating is mind-blowing. So, I, so what we have to do is, one, we have to unite. Okay, this divide and conquer. This, you know, We're so divided on so many issues, left, right, gay, straight, Muslim, Christian, you know, I mean, black, white. I mean, come on, you guys, we're one big human family. Okay, the same, there's only one source of energy, and it flows through all of us, and it makes everything grow, including us. And, and, and so this division and this hate, I mean, it's a disaster. So, so I really believe things ha- are going to break, and they have to break. And hopefully, the survivors, whoever's around, we can usher heaven back onto Earth and, and take control of this.
0: Well, you should run for political office. Maybe you should. <laughs> I like the message. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> but, seriously, we need yeah. that kind of president because it, I think it, we're getting still into and, the. You know, <laughs> I, I was just talking to my partner, he and I, this morning, and I said, you know, it seems to me that we sort of have the. Uh, we have the evangelical right, but now we've kind of got the evangelical left. We have this just everyone <laughs> pitted against one another, right?
1: <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, you could take each party now. There's probably like five different divisions in each party. And you know, look at Christianity. How many divisions in Christianity? I mean, I mean, it's insane. And so, uh, and and if it, if it was an honest political system, I'd run in a heartbeat. Believe me. But it's not even close to honest. So I'll pass.
0: Yeah. One of the other things you said that you regretted, and and I think you touched on it in the beginning, though, is, and a lot of people have, you know, have this problem is indecision. You know, it is
1: that (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I could show you my library back then. Every (laughs) book. (laughs) <laughs> what was my favorite? Feel the fear and do it anyways. I mean, I bought every book on overcoming fear and indecision, and and it was brutal. There's nothing worse than indecision, and I'm a very des, des, uh, decisive person. I mean, I'm making my mind, and I move, you know, but here's what I've learned. Uh, all now, you know, 20 years later. Okay, here's what I've learned. It's, it's, it's the hardest journey that we will ever take, and it's a journey that each and every one of us will take, I guarantee you. And it's very, very short. It's only 18 inches. And most people, unfortunately, take it in that last breath. And that's moving from the head to the heart. You see, the head, can, the head is <laughs> an insane asylum a lot of the times, if you, if you really analyze it. I always, you know, you see someone walking down the, uh, the street talking out loud, screaming like, you know, you call them a crazy person, right? Well, the only difference between them and us is coming out of their mouth, okay? So, 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 I say, and, and it's a, if you use the mind, it's a magnificent supercomputer, but you got to move into the heart. The heart is who we are. We are essence. We are eternal, timeless consciousness. We are soul. We are spirit. We are energy. And move a little below that is the gut. The gut will Keep you in the right direction. Those are your instincts. But if you live in this head, say, I could brainwash anybody. You could brainwash anybody. Hell, we're all brainwashed from from birth to eight years old. Okay, now we got to go unbrainwash ourselves. So, so that's my point, you know. And so, I love the work of Byron Katie, who says question everything. You know, I love the work of Don Miguel Ruiz, the Four dreamers You know. Be skeptical of everything, you know, don't assume anything. And, and so that's what I've learned in life through all these experiences, that nothing is what you think it is, especially my thoughts. And so I question all my thoughts. I try to live from my heart when my true desires are, and my true dreams are, and use my mind to execute the plan to fulfill the desires of my heart and then trust my gut if something doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, trust your gut when something doesn't feel right. I mean, that, that's key. I think you have to keep saying that over yep. and over again because we seem to just dis- miss our gut and rationalize and repress and do all these other kinds of things that aren't helpful. couple minutes left. Yep. Read the book, Living in Color A Love Story in Sickness and Health. And I've been talking to Mike Murphy, he's the author of the book. Um, so, website, you know, or websites we can go to because you're yep. doing a lot of work with the foundation and everything, In, in obviously, yep. in addition yep. to the book.
1: I'm going to steer everyone to the Love for Margo because I'm on my personal website, MikeMurphyOnFilter.com, and I've got to call my assistant because it doesn't say anything about living in color. So, but go to LoveForMargo.org. And that's our foundation uh, that we created in 2012 to serve women below the poverty line while they battle cancer. And, we're, and we're now we're increasing that to send them to a, a retreat center in Medellin, Colombia, where they can learn to heal themselves. So that's super exciting. So LoveForMargo.org. All the information on the book is there. There's a link takes you to Amazon, or you can go straight to Amazon yourself. I think I think I think I priced the ebook today at three dollars for you, two dollars ninety nine cents, and the paperback's like fifteen bucks. Trust me. So I'm gonna tell you how great this book is, and 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 I and I'm not bragging or being arrogant, okay? <laughs> because I, I'm just the storyteller, okay? And but I had a, I have a 24 year old senior Ohio State senior that works for me and does my websites, right? You have great 30 kid. seconds. He sent me a text message the other day. What's that?
0: 30 seconds. I hate to cut you off, but...
1: Okay, go, tell go, go. I'm not going to yeah. tell the story. Buy the book. It's a great book. You'll love it.
0: Great. Thanks so much for being on the show, Mike. Great to have you today.
1: Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.